This is the Working Drummer Podcast. Working Drummer Podcast. Featuring ground level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today, my guest is drummer Jeff Fab. Originally from a small town in Long Island, New York, Jeff made the move to Los Angeles shortly after high school at the age of 18. Jeff moved to L.A. looking for more opportunities in music, and that's just what he found. After a few years of playing the L.A. club scene, Jeff came into contact with members of a female-fronted metal-slash-rock band in this moment. Around the end of 2011 and three records later, Jeff decided to move on from In This Moment. Other bands and artists he found himself working with include James Durbin from American Idol, the group 6AM, which is the brainchild of Nikki Six from Motley Crue, the band Filter. Jeff is currently the drummer for Black Label Society. After doing a short uh, tour subbing for those guys, they later asked him to join the group. To find out more about this episode and the over 300 episodes that we've done on Working Drummer Podcast, you can go to workingdrummer.net. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, as well as iTunes, where you can rate and review this podcast. This helps us grow. This helps us reach new listeners and put on a better podcast for you. So find us on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. We're also on Stitcher and Spotify. If you're interested in supporting what Zach and I have been doing here for over six years, you can find us on patreon.com slash working drummer for as little as a dollar per month. You have access to the educational material that we provide on our Patreon page provided by former guests. If Patreon isn't your thing, we have a PayPal button on our website, workingdrummer.net. You can go there and donate. We appreciate all the support over the years that we've gotten from you, our listeners, and we are excited about what 2021 is bringing to the table, and we hope you are too. This episode is sponsored by Sonatus USA. Get it right at the source is the most common advice we hear when recording drums. Tuning and mic placement are a great place to start, but what shouldn't be overlooked is the space where you're playing. The time and energy it takes to work up and record a great performance shouldn't be wasted in a sonically bad environment. Investing in a proper blend of absorption, diffusion, and bass traps will improve the quality of your recordings just as much as the investment you make in your playing, instruments, and recording equipment. Whether you're tracking, rehearsing, mixing, or just practicing, having a great sounding room is essential. Sonatus USA provides the products and consultation to get your drums sounding the best they can in whatever space you're working with. Check them out at sonatususa.com. That's S-O-N-I-T-U-S-U-S-A dot com. And you can also check out my interviews with Anthony Gramani from Sonatus on episodes 306, 308, and 313. We also have videos of all three of those interviews on our YouTube channel. As some of you know, we've been uh, posting some information about drummer Keith Dudek. He was in the hospital for uh, almost eight weeks dealing with uh, COVID, and we've got a GoFundMe link in the show notes. You can go there and donate. We've got some great news about Keith. He is out of the hospital. He's doing physical therapy on a daily basis. 
Uh, we hear that he's in good spirits and he's glad to be home. He's got a, a long road ahead. So again, if you have the means to help out with Keith and his expenses, follow the link below. We thank you so much. So this was a lot of fun speaking with Jeff Fab. He has a lot of energy. It's very infectious, and you know he brings that to the stage. Often I speak with drummers that are in a genre of music that I'm less familiar with, and uh, Jeff is one of those guys. Uh, just I was less familiar with some of the bands that he worked with, including Black Label Society. So I had a great time just like digging in to some music I hadn't experienced, and I just welcome those opportunities to to just grow and experience new music and now I, I feel invested especially after speaking with Jeff and uh, to continue on just digging into more of the things that he's done uh, including with Black Label Society and, and some of these other groups that we talked about so hope you enjoy this conversation with Jeff Fab. with your playing or in your life that you can use an example as this is adversity this is something that uh happened but i grew from it and i'm a better person i'm a better player uh, i'm a better musician as a result yeah i mean i i would uh, a lot actually it's uh even even like what i eat now okay you know I mean? even like you're talking about pain getting older yeah having having repetitive injuries yes you know, because when I was growing up, when I was, I, I grew up here in Long Island on the eastern end of Long Island until I was uh, 18. Then I moved to L.A. Right. Um, and that was in 98, you know, no, no YouTube, none of that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So moved there and then was I had to work whatever jobs I had. I mean, I was playing, but I mean, I had to work, yeah. pay for my rent and stuff. So I ended up, I worked a bunch of different jobs, uh, survival insurance, and then I did catering, and then I worked... Um, where else? I just did maybe some odd construction jobs, and then I got a job with drum doctors. And then, do you, do you ever heard of? Have you ever heard of drum I, doctors? I I'm have. Like, oh, yeah. You're moving gear. You're pushing gear. Oh man. yeah, yeah. So I, I got a lot of just from that, just from pushing around road cases and loading stuff in by yourself, and a, you know, you in a box truck with like, you know, some producer's gear, <laughs> truckload of it. You're you're bringing it in and out, you know. So just years of that, I I. I developed pain and I had to play through a bunch of pain a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so I had to change the way I ate. I had to, I had to believe that everything was going to be okay. A lot of the times, yeah, yeah, which is hard, you know, it's like that faith of like, no, everything's going to be all right. Even though we're like, it feels like all you want to do is say everything is fucked right now. So were you in your twenties <laughs> when you started to feel this pain? Yeah, I was, I was probably mid twenties. Okay. And how did your did your did you recognize that diet was 
uh, a part. Well, I went to. I started going to this chiropractor, Doctor Mike Pangelinian. I think his his last name is. He's still there. He's in L.A. Mm-hmm. And he. Well, I got his. I got his information through Vinny Caliuta because I used to. I used to drive Vinny's stuff around for oh. Drum Paradise. Oh, okay, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I went. I went from Drum Doctors, and I and then I started working for Drum Paradise. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he had. You know, man, I got to work. I got to hang with the best, you know, like just the dudes, you know, and all of them are great. I love them all. And uh, he told me about this guy because I told him, man, I am hurting. And he goes, yeah, I know it happens. You know, I know Weckl, he had some problems, too, with Mm -hmm. his hands. I remember him talking about that. But and then he told me about this chiropractor. Right. And I go to him and he's like, he did a big check on it. You know, he's checking everything. And he goes, no, it's not your hands, man. It's your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's your neck. And like coming where I came from, it was a lot of head banging, mm-hmm. lots of that. Lots of feeling like you were in a car accident every night, you know? Those days are done for me. I can't head bang like that anymore. I'll go to the hospital. But um so so kind of that. Also realizing like, okay, I can't really do that anymore. I gotta like I gotta concentrate on doing something else as far as like maybe yeah i can't headbang anymore or something or i got to do it a different way or right adapting yeah adapting because of the, those things that come up as we get older yeah i guess maybe that that's what i'm trying to say it's like like accepting that you know and then and then not letting it become like this dark black cloud over your life, but more of just kind of like trying to turn it around and be like, okay, well I can't do it like that, but I got to do, I got to figure it out some other way. And the best way is to figure it out maybe like with diet or different way of approaching how you're playing something, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or whatever it may be. I guess that, you know, turning that adversity around, you know, it it very much so. I, I, you know, playing music and, and, and just when we discover the joy of music, the the joy of drums uh, often is at a young age. And and I feel like as we go through life, if we choose this as a career, we're often just trying to maintain this spirit of youth and vitality and energy and all this stuff, you know, and, and so to come face to face with the reality that, you're, you know, you're mortal here and you have to make these changes. We push that aside and we get comfortable with pain. We get comfortable with discomfort and it becomes normal to us. It's almost like when somebody becomes sober and they say, I feel great. Like I never realized how shitty I felt for years. Right. And we get used to that. And, um, but, you know, as, if you want to play drums for the rest of your life, you have to make those changes. Now, I've seen uh, the the videos I see you play. I I hear huge sounds. I hear great things, dude. You're an amazing player. It's so fun to watch. You Thanks, play. dude. I appreciate that. But I I don't see your arms like crazy. I don't see your head swinging. I see this really nice control yeah. over this big drum set, big sounds great band, you know, all these things, you're like, okay, that's not, he's not like, I'm thinking like MTV in the 80s watching metal drummers and like doing the thing for the video that we all have in our heads. And I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing like a responsible musician. (laughs) Right. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) I love that. I am a responsible musician. Put that on your business card. Totally. I'm going to write it right here. (laughs) Responsible. 
You might lose work uh, if you write that. I could. I mean, I, maybe, uh, maybe I'll tattoo it on me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And maybe that was just because of the years of just not – of kind of like, you know – a lot of it was a lot of touring, man. We did a lot of hardcore van touring, living in vans, living on floors. Oy. So a lot of it was even that probably too, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, young. Yeah, yeah. But but can you cite any examples of nutrition or technique changes? Um. Well, I, I think I'm always trying to kind of work on my hands a little bit because, listen, I didn't grow up like school as a school drummer. Like mm-hmm. I grew up like listening to records and I watched MTV and you know what I mean? Like in all honesty, I loved music. Like when songs would come on the radio, like I, like like a Bad Company song or something, I immediately was just like, I like this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, you know, I probably didn't grow up with the best – of technique or anything like that, you know, cause I really wasn't concentrating on that. Mm-hmm. I was just playing to records, you know? Right, right. Um, so now later on in my life, it's like this thing where I'm kind of like paying more attention to it because of, because of like pain, <laughs> yeah. you know, and discomfort. So I'm, I feel like I'm constant. I, I'm, I work on that a lot, okay. you know? Yeah. And plus I like to, I like to, it's like meditation, right? Drumming. It's like practicing and everything. It's meditation for us. It's great. It is. So that's just another, another kind of thing I concentrate on. But um, I kind of lost track of what I was. So, so like for somebody that's listening and is in the same kind of in feeling pain and not sure what to do, like you know, what well, oh, what does oh, oh, Jeff, right. Jeff Fab do? What is he eating? Well, that's what, what is- I did. So I so so I found out about this doctor years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Who, who, and then that opened the doors to chiropractic for me Yeah. because, because he fixed me, man. Okay. Like for real. Like right. I, cause I remember like I was, I was aching, I was moving around cases and we were practicing trying to get ready for, cause we used to go on these little tours, you know, we weren't signed at all, but it was like my space just started and all that, you know? So we were, we were on there and we were just, we just, you know, we ended up just touring from like California down to Texas and then we mm-hmm. would do that little circuit. This is the band in this moment with that band. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And and yeah. And then so a lot of everybody immediately when my hands were hurt, not my band members or anybody, everybody's always like carpal tunnel. It's carpal tunnel. Right. You need surgery. You need surgery. And I was like, yeah. You know. So I went to that doctor, and he was like, no, 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 no. Let me work on you for a little while. Mm-hmm. So then he got me all hip to like eating different. You know, he was not like I'm going to prescribe you Vicodin for your pain. Right. He wasn't doing that. He was like, take magnesium. He turned me on to magnesium mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and like all these other like tendon supplements and things like that. And, um, anti-inflammatory type. Anti- yeah. 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 And just, yeah, yeah stuff, but like though. keeping me away from like Advil and yes. don't, don't do all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, so he, uh, so that really helped. Okay. You know, like he, like he really, he really helped me. But yeah, he turned, and then he was making, he, he'd be like, make sure that you're not eating like, like lots of fried foods. Yeah. Like don't eat fried chicken. Don't eat, you know, lots of, you know, things like that. And, and, and do you, do you drink alcohol at all? No. No. Okay. I used to. Okay. Was I used that, to drink a lot of alcohol. And, and was, was that a contributor? That was really bad. For, that's really bad for your hands. Yeah. Because it dehydrates you. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. So when, and you I do, know- you know, when you're doing shots of Jaeger every night and everything else, because, right. you know, we were always on like, you know, Ozfest or something like that. It's Jaeger and sponsored. So, you know, we're getting bottles of Jaeger. Yeah. I was the drinker in that band. <laughs> now they all drink, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's great. No, I mean, they, like these are really these no, are but real seriously, food. dude, alcohol is really that cause will cause you a lot of pain, especially if you're not like supplementing it with like just bottles of water. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's hydration, man. That that's a huge thing right. with pain. You could be high, dehydrated and have like symptoms of like, ah, oh, my, you know, my forearms hurt or your wrists hurt or. Right, right. Lots of, I mean, inflammation and just all that stuff. It's just really amazing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting into turmeric and. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Turmeric, ginger. Right. My, my, one of my doctors was saying, you know, like alcohol and nicotine. And I'm like, well, I don't smoke. And I'm like, oh shit, I love cigars. And that's straight up nicotine. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, listen, man, it's also like everything in moderation. Too. Exactly. Exactly. Really? I mean, it is. So it's like, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying don't drink. Like, obviously, I, don't, I would never tell anybody don't drink. But, you know, like just if you're going to drink, like try to slam some water when you're drinking to keep your joints nice and lubricated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially if you're playing, you know, you're, you're on you're on tour or whatever and you're partying at night. Just make sure you're drinking tons of water. Mm hmm. They even have those, like, you ever see those uh, hydration mixes? They have, yes. like, magnesium in them and stuff. Yes. It's kind of like the Calm. The Calm. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Yeah. That, those are great. Just put a little scoop, blend it in some water, down it. It's got your B vitamins in it. It's got your magnesium. Man, I have so many pills that in the last few months. Uh, <laughs> my supplements are growing. It's all healthy stuff. It's all yep. good stuff. But I'm like, I am... I am so close to getting one of those by the day pill things, and I'm like, "There's no fucking way I I will be 70 before I use that shit." It it just makes me feel so old and so frustrated. So what, what are, you, are you taking like glucosamine? They have you taking glucosamine? So you know, like multivitamins and different yeah. things. I, I you know, it's like from playing. Uh, you know, I go to the gym. You know, three or four times a week. I'm trying to do that. I'm getting older, so it's like then I've got the allergy pill, and then yeah, it's oh, it's, it's a it's, and then I've got this like new, added this new pill called Nerveride. You know, kind of help healthy my nerves. That you know, it's just all this crazy. So stuff. is that what is that? Is that a so that is um, that's supposed to just promote healthy nerve uh, healthy nerves for your hands and your feet. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, considering that the nerves, there's only two like nerves that go down from your neck through your shoulder, down into your wrist and your hand. Yeah, keeping that shit healthy, you know, is really important. But you know, and and I don't, I don't want to waste a lot of the, the listeners' time with my stuff. We're gonna, I want to get into no, that. No, no, but this is funny because look. You you just said, oh, I have this thing. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what you have. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. It too. I, right? I shared a little bit of this information. I I uh, we we had an interview with Dave Elich, and then I I ended up taking a lesson from him. That guy, Jeez. I know that. Yeah, he's a what a nut, man. He's so what he's a so, nut. He's hilarious. But 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 it's 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 been so it's been a bit of a journey, and it's been nice to share little bits and pieces because now I have listeners, and especially like guys that I see out on the scene here in town or communicate with me, and they said, "Hey, man, like I'm hearing about like these physical issues. I'm dealing with them too. So I really want to be yeah. candid, um, 
with this, with these issues that with this is serious. This is serious shit, though, for drummers. That I mean, I'm did, dealing with it. Dave, Dave just had something too, didn't he? I think he broke his arm. Yeah. And then two weeks later, he's slamming it. I yeah. mean, I'm like, okay, I just want to break my arm and then heal that fast, as opposed to having the because what we're talking about here is repetitive stress injuries that happen over time and build up over time. And I'm at an age now where when you have an injury or something happens, it takes a long time. Forever, to dude. It sucks. It sucks, man. I know I had a piece of wood just fall down on me like maybe mm. three weeks ago, right? A two by four. It was like standing up and I was pushing something and I bounced into it and it hit me in the top of the arm. Forget it. It still hurts. Yeah, yeah. I reached out to my friend, my my friend, uh, my friend Danny Duchette, who who's, uh, works at a great drummer, great metal drummer, great musician all around, a super sweet guy, works at Forks Drum Closet here in Nashville. Oh, cool. I said, man, I'm going to be talking to Jeff Fab. Any thoughts? And he goes, yeah, I've got some questions. Throw okay. this his way. So okay. he's he's con- he's contributing. I'm probably not going to gonna know him. So all right, <laughs> we'll see. So I love to do this from time to time, kind of like sure. pick someone else's brain. Look, I'm going to be interviewing so and so. What would you ask them? <laughs> so with some friends, so with some help from my friend uh, and friend of the pod, Danny Duchette. Uh, all right. He, he, here's some questions for you. How do all you, right. All right. Uh, how does your approach to drum sounds change if it does? with different bands you're with. So in the different bands we're talking about, like in this moment that you were with, till 2011, James Durbin, who was on American Idol, uh, you worked with Nikki Six for a minute, you yeah. toured with Filter uh, yeah. for a tour, uh, you subbed with Black Label Society, and then came back to them. That is in a quick nutshell kind of the history. You're currently yep. with Black Great. Label Society? Correct. Okay, so... In that, now I realize that's a lot of time. That's like over probably 15, 16 years. Correct. So once again, the question was, you know, how does your approach to drum sounds change, if it does, with these different bands? I guess it's all what what happens organically. Okay. You know what I mean? If I'm there, like, I guess, yeah, it all does. I guess it's like, you know, obviously in... in, um, I don't consciously think about that. Okay. I don't, mm-hmm. to be totally honest, you know, if I really, I, I think it would just, you know, I, it does happen though. It does. Cause I'm immediately, I started thinking about, yeah, because when I was playing in filter, I had like, I had different, I had like two snares and I had this snare tuned up high on my, on my left. And then I had like a little bit more of a, a different setup and, but I didn't think about it. It kind of just happened. Okay. Yeah. No, I but I, I but, but that is, that is a thing though. I mean, obviously you would like, I remember when I used to, you know, when I was, when we were talking about it, when I worked at Drum Doctors, we had um, uh, a bunch of heavies, but uh, who am I thinking of that I can't escape from my mind? He was the drummer of the Traveling Wilburys. He's played on a oh, million. Yeah. Jim Keltner. Jim Keltner. Oh, oh, Traveling Wilburys. Gosh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so like I'd go watch him do a session, you know, and I'd bring his stuff to a session or whatever, and he'd, he'd be like, all right, I'm doing a jazz session, you know. I'd be like, cool. I'd be all thinking, I'm going to, get this little bebop kit or something. He'd be like, I want the electronics, uh, drums. 
with the animal skin taiko draw back there. You know what I mean? You'd be like, wow. You know what I mean? But then it was like, it was amazing. That's a good impression of him. I've heard some interviews with him. That's really good. What man. a cool cat, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, but, but yeah, me on the other hand, I don't, I guess I just play it by ear. Like, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. just whatever it's happening at the time. If, if somebody in the band, like, you know, maybe the leader of the band says like, well, maybe you should, can you try to use this or that? And just so adapt, you adapt. mentioned like the snare drum on the left with filter. So when you're, uh, this kind of ties into the next thing that Danny was, was asking about was like, uh, do the band leaders have any say in whether or not you use sound reinforcement samples or do you prefer everything live? I prefer, I personally like everything live uh-huh. and I like, I, lo- I love that. Yeah. Um, but like in, in, in this moment we use triggers on the kicks because it was like 200 BPM and you never would have heard my feet. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what I mean? So they loved they you know, they, they liked that. I mean, we didn't use those for, for, forever but we did start using those because they just liked it gotcha gotcha they could have the kicks in the monitors and they could hear like they could hear everything you know which i i hated it i didn't i didn't like triggers yeah and that seems like for like a there's a there there seems to be like certain techniques and certain things that are used a lot more so in one genre than another yeah you know like the extremes would be like brushes Right on with jazz or Americana or something like that, compared right. to maybe triggers with metal. With metal, yeah. Which yeah. I understand why people use them because it's like, dude, you're playing so fast. It's like no mm-hmm. one's even going to hear what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're Gene Hoagland. <laughs> you know, with like ankle weights on. You oh know my I mean? gosh! Like you know, but you know, my skinny ass, you're not going to hear. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I just turned it up. Uh, here's another question from him. Yeah. Uh, what's it like working with Richard Patrick? Man, it was awesome. I uh, I met Rich um, when I was in in this moment. We toured with them. Uh, it was like Papa Roach, uh, Filter, and us. Mm-hmm. And then we, so we, we shared a bus. So it was, we, we just kind of became friends. And so Richard then, is, is in, he's the singer for filter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. People and, are like, uh, Matt, of course you're, you're an idiot. Yeah, of course he is. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah. And then that was, you know, and then years later again, you know, just becoming friends with him. We stayed in touch. He was looking for a drummer and I was like, hello. Yeah. I was like, oh, I would love to, you know, That's that was awesome. a fun band to play drums in. Funky. Cool. Funky. Plus, you know, you're playing after Jeff Friedel. Do you know him? I don't. I okay, don't. fucking amazing drummer. Um, just, uh, and then like, uh, um, just so many great drummers, man, played in that band. So, so it was crazy because they had a work tape, and oh, they, they, yeah, like, like this is how I want you to play these songs, because a lot of it was like, uh, uh, like programmed stuff that Richard did, you know, earlier on with program, you know, drum machines were just coming out. Yeah. It, he did that first. And he, was a, he was a nine inch nails. He was a nails. Yeah. Okay. He so like, nails. yeah. So there's that like, kind like of a, head, like a hole and all that. Yeah, he was yeah. nails then. So, but, um, so that was cool. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I'm playing with Richard Patrick, you know, he was a nails and this, and that. And it was just, a, we had such a blast. Everybody in the band is, so much fun so it was a good time man that that's 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 really awesome um yeah 
Yeah, again, if, like if if you're going to mention people and I'm not going to know, I'm going to get some hate mail. That's, that's no, that's, that's cool, right. dude. It's all good. No, but 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 seriously, man, like there's some stuff that I've been listening to this week, and in, in anticipation of our conversation, I was like, again, wow, more stuff for me to to dig into and really enjoy. It just it just opens up my world, so it, it's really great, man. I, oh, yeah, dude. it's a lot of fun. Um, so this is great. Uh, I know I feel like we've already covered this. We can, but this is one of Danny's questions. How important is it to maintain your conditioning in high high octane gigs as we get older? Dude, the most important thing. Yeah, the most right. I mean, because once you're hurt, you're done. Yeah. I mean, you got to play. We all got to play. We got to. We we all have done it. Yeah. Played through that pain. Right. You know, it sucks. So, what are you doing? Like, okay, so drumming wise, how are you maintaining? your condition to go out and 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 do a short tour a long tour well here uh i'll try to practice as much as i can but you know what man there's it right when you play the live show and the adrenaline's pumping and you're going all out for the first song because you're so stoked to be back and then by the by the end of that second song you're like <gasps> i got him <laughs> i got it i got it i got him yeah. Slow it down a little bit here. I got to, you know, I got because you know what? I don't think anything can really prepare you for it because you, yeah. it's because you have all of those other things going on, like your adrenaline and, you know, so it, maybe not to blow your wad so quickly would be a good, a good thing. Trying to pace yourself, especially like right now, all of us going back after like not playing for a year. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's different than just practicing at home. It is. It is. I know. And we've talked about this before. Like, are you getting good at practicing or are you practicing performing? You know, these, these concepts like, you, you know, just, just to kind of get your, it sounds like what you're talking about is like just being aware of the, being mentally prepared for walking into a gig and it's like, okay, you haven't done this in a while. Yeah. Pace yourself. Uh, you know, know that you've got a 45 minute slam and set or a 90 minute slam and set. It's like just yeah. be pace yourself so that when you're, you're, you know, playing all the way through. For yeah, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll play almost two hours too. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Non stop. Yeah. Now see, like, now that to me, like at, on a tour or like multiple shows in a row, you kind of build that up and it's like, that's really Yeah, then great. you're good. You're good. Yeah. But like now after a year off, no. Going back, and I'm like, oh, oh uh -oh. man. <laughs> yeah. How about non-drumming? Any non-drumming things that you're doing? Uh, well, since I've been out here, because it's, it's really kind of like farmland out here, mm -hmm. where we are. Uh, my brother owns an organic farm. Nice. So he also owns a construction business, too. So mm -hmm. he's got this construction business going, and he, owns, he bought a, a farm. So I've been helping him kind of do that. And I kind of... I like building things. I like working yeah. on cars. I like, but like, I, I I rebuilt like this '86 Camaro. I don't know. I, I and it, it's people that love cars are like, why? It's a third <laughs> gen. It's a third gen Camaro, and it's because my mom had one when we were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, like, and I saw it for sale. It was on the side of the road. You know, I had to read. I, I redid all of that. I so I, I like doing other things. And you know what? And totally honest with you, it makes music. It it makes. It, like it's inspiring for me to take a little bit of a break. I hear you. 
I hear you. And I sense. won't because I'm so like we're all, I'm sure all drummers were like no 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 I got to I like to keep myself doing something and be occupied. That's fine, but I like to do something do that with somewhere else for a little while. I think that's really important and sometimes it's hard for us to take a step back and in a world where it, especially when you're you know visiting anything social media it seems like everybody's doing things all the time and if you just have an afternoon off you're like what am i doing and you're like no 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 no. this is good like do other things and unplug and you know uh, find other things to keep music inspiring and so when you're on the gig when you're at the rehearsal whatever you're just everything's there attitude and everything is there yeah, you're like, oh, I love this. I love doing this, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But some people don't need that. Like like Zach, mm-hmm. he loves playing all the time, you know? I mean, I love playing all the time, too. I don't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. But, like, he he just – he loves this all the time. So there are people that just – that can just do that all the time, you know? Yeah. But for me personally, like, I also grew up, like, skating, skateboarding and doing other things, too. So I kind of always – we're like like to do other things too, you sure, know, like sure. dirt dirt bike riding or whatever I did as a kid, you know. Yeah. Now, yeah. as I'm getting older, I kind of think about what I'm going to do next. So, like, I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to wipe out because if I wipe out, then I'm, gonna, you know, I'm going to be hurt for like a year and a half. So. Oh well, there is that. Yeah, a friend of mine stepped on a skateboard for like two minutes and then. He couldn't play guitar for like a year, so. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be careful. Got to be careful. Um, yeah, so Danny asks about, you know, specific for your joints, muscle fatigue, and all those kinds of things. We talked about yeah. that. Hydration, health, uh, I mean, uh, eating healthy. Posture. Posture. posture holy I mean, God. you must have talked about this with Dave Elidge, man. I watch him all the time, like, yeah. and he's like, he's all about all that, you know? So I took a lesson from him, uh, an hour and a half lesson. We set a video, me sitting in my kid. He goes, okay, just play some pocket. I played maybe three beats, not like, like, like one, two, and okay, stop. That was it. Like one, two, three. That was it. Not, not three different beats, but like, you know, three quarter notes worth of a beat. And then he said, okay, stop. Let's look at your posture. And then we spent the next hour and 15 minutes working on my posture. Yeah. And it's for a lot of us, for so many drummers, I mean, I'm 6'2", so I do slouch a lot. We put our head forward, put our neck forward. And that can be your C6, C7 pinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to cut you off, but just so you know. that's That's why I wanted to bring up the posture thing. So, like, even to stretch that, like, you would, you would get your posture, posture straight, and yeah. then you would make the double chin. Exactly, exactly. Do you know, you know that, right? I do know that. You're pushing your double chin, and you go out again, and you push back in again. I've been doing that a lot this last Good. month. I've been doing some online research, and yeah, yeah, that that whole double chin thing to kind of, like, relieve that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's really, and I think it's helped, but yeah, it's it's... Uh, it's it's crazy. It's going to be a, a, a. I hope I hope as as I talk a little bit about it and bring it up with our guests that anybody that's on this journey or maybe is considering like th- these issues can kind of come along with us and yeah. see that there are some ways out of it so we can all stay healthy and keep playing. Totally. So totally. I want to bring. I don't want to use. I don't want to use this podcast as a platform for me to bitch and complain, but hopefully say, hey, look, we're I'm on this journey. Come along with me, and if you have any concerns, there's ways out of it. 
Yeah, and people have been through this, you know? Like, yes. you're, it's not, it's not, doesn't mean you're never going to play again. It doesn't mean yeah. you're going to lose your gig. It doesn't mean, it's, you got to like, yeah. you got to like take all of that out of your exactly. head. Exactly. You know, it's fixable. It's fixable. It's fixable. Okay, so here's another thing from Danny. We all know the tunnel vision you get on the road. What keeps your mind fresh? Oh, my God. My mind is so polluted from my band members. (laughs) I don't think my mind will be fresh again. (laughs) But, um, yeah, you know what? Maybe just getting out, going for walks. Yeah. When When we get in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just getting off the, you know, getting off the bus, and then they're just like going walking around, checking out where we are, right? You know, just being with some people. Yeah. And do you guys around. like? Do you spend time like hanging out together with other band members? Oh yeah, on tours. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um. All the time. Okay. I mean, every every tour we have, we'll we'll be hanging out with the with the other bands. Oh, okay, yeah, but I mean, I, 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 you know, I get that, like on, on the festivals and stuff like that. But I mean, like for example, there's been times that I've I've been on. I, I was on a tour once, and everybody was amazing. The crew, the band, like the 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 artists themselves, like everybody got along so well, and we were out for seven weeks straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I love these people to death. Yeah, and I said okay, and they're like, "Hey, we're all gonna go to lunch here." And I'd say, "Guys, I'll see you at dinner. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna find the coffee shop and do some reading. I'm gonna go find the gym down the street where whatever town we're in, and get some time, maybe maybe Facetime with with family. Um, and I'll see you at soundcheck, and I'll see you at dinner. I love you, but I needed that space. And they seemed to understand. It wasn't you know me trying to like whatever, but like to maintain this healthy." thing so that i guess that's that's what i was wondering like yeah dude, like space from the band from your band members yeah yeah yeah. oh of course we we, we love that <laughs> <laughs> well that's like if we have a day off or whatever we'll have the hotel rooms so yeah. then we'll, we'll be able to like whoop, go in our hotel rooms and we'll still hang out we'll still all go out to dinner or whatever of course you know what i mean but it's nice to go nice to go back to the rooms and everybody just have like that moment of like their own space mm-hmm yeah, yeah that's, I mean, you need that as a human. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, some people, you know, they have different different hobbies that they they take with them on the road. You know, there's this all whether it's reading, whether it's you know, like a, people throwing a bike under the bus. You know, doing different things like that. Just to yeah, kind of, just to kind yeah, of. It's, it's it's keeps your head right. Right, right. Um, all right. Last question from Danny Duchette. All right. Uh, uh, what would the discovery of extraterrestrial life mean for organized religion on this planet? What will it mean for it? Yeah. I have no idea, but uh, I am curious. I'm curious, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some questions, that Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Those are good. Those are good. Yeah, I, I don't know, but we're going to find out, it feels like. I think we're going to find out. Maybe sooner than we... When we... I feel like I feel like we are. But you know it's it's 2021. I think if 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 like uh, aliens like were right there in front of our face, like undeniable, there we're probably are. aliens. We, we, we've been we've been finding, we've been, we've been looking aliens. for our own for our whole existence. I have I have a feeling we'd be like, oh, cool. 
all right, there's aliens. And then we'd move on with our day, you know? Yeah. Like 20 so, years ago would be all that we talked about. Dude, there's too much news out there for There's for too that much to crap right now. Like, aliens? Cool. Check. Hey, listen, what time's my doctor appointment? I got to get to that. Uh, hey, right, right. Good to, good to see aliens. I'll see you around. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be, it would be here and gone before you knew it. I know, man. Uh, thank you, Danny Duchette. I love you, thank man. Thank you, Danny Duchette. Danny Duchette. When I was growing up, we had a few vinyls in our house. So we had like ACDC Back in Black. We had Diver Down, Van Halen, yeah. Blizzard of Oz, mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne, um, Black Sabbath. Um, what else do we have? Bad Company. Nice. Um, a lot of that, you know, The Who, mm-hmm. Hendrix. Man. Uh, we had a, like a lot of that on vinyl. So I, that's kind of what I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And then I was into all the obviously Motley Crue. I loved yeah. Motley Crue when yeah. I was a kid. I loved Metallica. I loved Megadeth. I loved um, on and on. You know, like basically all that Anthrax. Um, then my teacher, my drum teacher, who was a guitar teacher as well, so he oh, used wow. to come over and jam with me and stuff. Which is we can talk about that later or whatever. But that was like monumental so then he turned me on he was like oh that's cool that stuff's cool too check this out and then he would make me mixtapes of like stuff weckle was playing on mm-hmm. and Vinny, and then tony williams yeah and then he was like oh you like rush well check out mahavishnu billy cobham mm-hmm. you know what i mean so then i was like oh like you know then that kind of just blew the doors wide open and i just ended up loving jazz you know, I love Miles. I love Tony Williams. Yeah. Uh, you know, man. So that kind of, and then, then, so I listen, you know, I love, I love a lot of different styles of music, you know? And, and do you, do you find like the, the, the other band members on these tours, you know, when you're playing, you know, in Black Label Society or even with Filter and like all these other bands, like people are talking about jazz and fusion and like some of these other things? Well, some, some, yes, but mostly in black label though, everybody is like, a, you know, they, they, we all like love a lot of that stuff. That's you know? amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. You're not, you, you, you wouldn't really, you'd probably be, you'd probably be surprised by what you hear when you walked on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. I love Without that. a doubt you would. <laughs> Definitely. I love that, man. Yeah. Um, it, uh, Steve Gad too. I got to throw Gad in there. Sorry. I missed, I missed him. No, no. I mean. Yeah. He's one of my favorite drummers in the world. Oh, Jeff Beccaro, you know. Yeah, yeah. You were on a podcast. Was it Red River Podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, a couple times. That was really fun. Yep. I, I dug into those, man. That, those, those, that was fun. It was super loose. You all seemed like the best bugs, had, I had some of my, my friends I grew up with. One of them is on that show. Brian Langan is like, we grew up together. And he was monumental in my life, too, because... He was also making me mixtapes. I can't, I got into seventh grade, and I had been playing for maybe two years. I started playing in fifth grade. So when I got into seventh grade, they those older guys were in the bands. Mm-hmm. They were playing at the variety shows and stuff. So I was always at those variety shows. Like those were my rock stars. 
Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, when I, I in my age, you know, like, you know, back then. It, so I was just, I idolized those guys. And, you know, he was one of those older guys and he was always like, oh, check out this band, you know, check out this band. He got me into playing and, and I ended up jamming with him, you know, I love at an early stuff. age. And, you know, so, he, you know, it's always those, those little, those guys who turn you on to some new stuff that's always right, just right. opens the doors, you know? So moving quickly through a timeline, you turned 18, you're like, it's time to time to go someplace where I think I can find some work. And that was LA when you were 18. Yeah, because dude, where I grew up, man, there was no music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I mean you, could, you could, yeah, now it's different. You know what I mean? It's, it's actually, it's like more populated and it's different. But then it was, I mean, it was really hard. Right, right. Really hard. So I, so my, you know, I, my sister was living in Venice. Nice. But I went out to visit her one time and she, and I was like, man, I gotta, I should move here. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I was just like, I, something was just, I was just like, I should move here. There's tons of music. You know what I mean? It's, I can get a job. I can, right. you know what I mean? Rent a place. And that was it. And then I ended up moving there, but I was, I moved to Silver Lake which is actually towards downtown. So she, she was in Venice. I was like, yeah, we're going to be, you know, living. I was like, forget it. She lives so far with the traffic. Oh, no. Yeah. Forget it. I was all out there alone in, in, in you know, Silver Lake. And I didn't, I didn't know any, you know, I was like from the eastern end of Long Island, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? But it was, it was so, oh, my God. It was just the best. It so, was the best. You know, you talk about like just, you know, hitting the ground, doing normal jobs, doing other things like that. Yeah. But like, like, how did you start meeting people when you were in L.A.? The music, there was a magazine called The Music Connection. Okay. Right? And then in the back was ads. Hmm. Like, looking for drummer, looking for guitar player, whatever. Pre-internet and I was, type. I would just go through that, man. Cold mm-hmm. calling. Yeah. And then I just, you know, I played with a bunch of people that way. Did you meet the members of In This Moment? I know you were a part of it. I did. I, I, but how I did that was I ended up making some clothes for a while when mm-hmm. I was in L.A. It was mm-hmm. a very strange thing, venture for me. But I ended up making some clothes for a while, and there was a fashion show in Silver Lake going on. Mm-hmm. And I was down there hanging out, and the guitar, the, the guitar player who plays with Juliet Lewis in the Hot Licks right now, Jason Womack, was down there too. And and I ended up meeting him, and we became friends. Jam- started jamming together because mm-hmm. he lived in Silver Lake, and then he he was playing with Maria, the singer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, yes, he knew Maria, so then that's how I kind of met everybody that ended up being in this moment. Yeah. 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 Which actually through him. Okay, and and you worked with that band for about about four or five years. Yeah, yeah, we uh, yeah, but seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Okay. Did yeah. you, I mean, what did you learn during that time? Oh man, because this you're in you're, you're in with you almost you're in with your peers. So many, so many. You know what I learned, man? In all honesty, yeah. How important it is to be cool on the road, like mm-hmm. as far as like around your band and around your crew or whatever. Just be cool. Yeah. There's no need to be like there's there, it's hard enough, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to kind of like be in like close quarters with people all the oh, time. Yeah. Oh yeah. That it's so important to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, keep it cool. Keep it cool, man. You know. Was that easy to do in that crew? Yeah, because we were all family. Mhm. That that was a different that was a different band because we we'd all started it together. 
Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like I was like a guy coming into a, an existing thing. Right. So we kind of had that like band. We, we, I mean, we all lived in a public storage together. Oh my gosh. Not at, the, not the actual storage unit, but we, Chris was the manager. Yeah. At the, at the storage unit. So he had the apartment above the storage unit. So we all lived there and we would practice in the, in the apartment. And we had like, even like how we got signed, we had people come to that apartment to listen to us. Wow. And I, and I think at a certain age, that's like a dream come true. Like, man, we're going to live together. We're going to practice together and jam. And I almost moved back to uh, to New York, too. I almost moved back. And then I woke up and I, like, I remember having some dream of like, like, you know, when you just you're just like, you just feel it in your gut. Like, you're like, no way, man, I can't move back yet. Yeah. And then I ended up giving up my place because um, the person I was living with at the time was moving back to New York, too. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into... Shantytown, we called it. <laughs> and uh, that was it, man. And I think about that too. So list, trust your instincts yeah. in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, like, because some of the other things that you've done, like working with Nikki Six or touring with Filter and, and now with Black Label Society, I mean, like these, obviously with Nikki, I mean, we're talking about established musicians, Dude. established bands, personalities, I organizations. I had these guys on my, on my wall right. when I was a kid. Right. So like for me, it's like even it's just like this is crazy. So I mean, you obviously have to come into these if if you're if you're coming into these already established experiences or situations, organizations. You've you've got to prove your yourself as a musician and everything, obviously. But but you, I imagine the time you spend within this moment, like you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much. So much. Working with people, and then it gave you the skill set to handle. Because I, you know, like in this business, you know, people talk about luck. People talk about being prepared. You know, like all the different ways you can, you know, explain that and whatever. Um, gosh, we talked about this recently. Like, like you know, this whole thing. Like, all you have to do is get good, and you'll be successful. And it's just so much more. So much more than that. That's why I was saying about being cool. Yeah. Because like really all we have to do is play the song well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean really. I mean yes, we could play all this other stuff, you know what I mean? Right. That's cool, but like all we really need to do is play the song. Yeah. Right. Well, play the song well and then so do that and be cool. Yeah. Be an easy hang, you know? Cuz you know, don't be a high maintenance per- you know high maintenance person. Right. You know, if, if if also when you were saying about in this moment, you know, coming up, I played on so many different drum kits because I barely we could never set our drums up because we were on those tours with like four five bands. Yeah, they were like, hey, would you mind using Kitty's kit or would you mind using this kit? And I was just like always like, yeah, yeah, fine, that's fine. It was probably because I worked at Drum Doctors and Drum Paradise for so long. I was always setting up everybody's kits and playing different kits and stuff. But that that actually helped me too because, like, I never I never really complain about gear or anything. I I'm, I, I just adapt. Now that's really I don't good. let that I don't let that like ruin my you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. my show or something. It's right. like 
That's really that's really cool that you're saying that because I mean, especially early on in the podcast, we talked about man, you just got to be cool, you know, like don't be a dick and and all this stuff. It, it got to the point where everyone's like, okay, we get it, we get it, don't be a dick. But I mean, at the same time, I know, but but it's still it still can't be talked about enough. But then you're bringing up another really important thing is when you're playing with multiple bands, like how do you like internally and externally be cool with adapting to any situation and and that's a great example right there is sharing drums um you know gosh i've got a gig this friday uh out of town and we're the headliner yeah and and the 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 road manager's like can you use the kit that they're going to have there uh, the band, one of the opening bands said they can let, they'll let you use your kit. And I'm like, oh no, it's in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. What's it going to be? And I said, CB 700, I know. Uh, and I, and <laughs> tape, tape to hell. <laughs> and, 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 and years ago I would have been like, absolutely not. And, and, but this time I said, you know, I, I said, if I drive, cause it's like three hours away. I said, you know, if I, if I'm there set up, do you think they would mind throwing my stuff up and using my own kit? And he goes, you know, there's going to be a really short turnaround. And I said, I got it. Say no more. Uh, I'll, I'll bring, you know, I'll probably bring my symbols. And there you go. That and, is a, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right there. What you did. Yeah. Do that, everybody. I'm not do looking. That. I'm not looking forward to it. It could yeah. be amazing. It could be awesome. Dude, and, you might, you might have a blast. I know. You might love that kit. I know. And the music's not that difficult, really. So I'm yeah. not, you know, uh, what I'm thinking is, is like. Wow, it's like you're, you know, you're playing double kick. You're doing like all these things have to be in their place. I'm imagining more so than the gig that I'm doing this weekend. So if you, for you to adapt to that, that's amazing. Yeah, because yeah, we do that all the time too, man. We fly into festivals. It's like no sound check. You're like, I hope my monitors work. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like a shit show at the time. Right? I mean, like, I'm sure you've experienced that too. I, another thing is too, if you're if you're like recording or or playing, and then the band, the, you know, the the leader, let's say, says, "Hey, can you play the ride symbol?" Yeah, play the ride symbol. Yeah, don't be like all stuck in like your your lick mm -hmm. that you're trying to force it in there, and you're ready to go to blows for it because <laughs> it only matters to us. You know, or, or you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's it, it's not worth causing any sort of bad blood over that. Yeah. No, no, seriously, and 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 I in this, it's so easy to find the musicians that you need for whatever for your project or the drummer for your project that. I feel like with social media and access to all these things, whether it's doing remote sessions or even a tour, you're not limited to your surroundings, your immediate surroundings. You pretty much have the pick of whoever you want. And so the competition has, has, has elevated yeah. so much so that if, if you're just enough of a dick over a couple situ things, my, minor things, uh, that could be it. Right. And honestly... I do believe that they'll pick the less accomplished drummer mm -hmm. if he's if he's cooler to yeah, be with. I, I agree with you. Like, and that's why I go back to like I shouldn't say less accomplished. Jeff, just, I'm the poster child for that in Nashville. 
<laughs> I am the poster child of that in metal. No, but but uh, you know what I'm saying. I do, right? Yeah, for sure. It's like it's like okay, and that's what we went back to too. Because really, all you got to do is play the song well. Yeah, yeah, and not completely fuck it up. Yeah, right. Like yeah. if you play the song well and you're an easy hang, mm-hmm. you you will work. Yeah, yeah. Where do you see, because a lot of these tours, especially with Black Label Society, I mean, you guys are doing these festivals. That seems to be, for economic reasons, festivals were kind of the way that people toured over the last 10 years or so. Uh, all different kinds of festivals, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but I think even be, before that, it was not a Ozfest and all these other festivals were kind of the way a lot of these the in this genre the way people toured. But with COVID and everything like that, where is the touring scene going from here? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope it's just going somewhere. That's yeah, yeah, all. yeah. Is there anything on the books coming up for y'all? Uh, yeah. So we do have some dates tentatively. Well, we have some tentative dates, uh, some fly dates for August. Okay. So maybe like like Sturges or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think. I think, and some things like that. But no, I think our tour may start around October. Okay. And when was the last gig you guys played? It was that we just had started our tour, and it was in Milwaukee. Yeah, at the Rave was the last show we played, and it was March fourteenth of twenty twenty. Oh my gosh! So we still got to we got to redo all that stuff because we still had like a month and a half or something left. Oh oh oh! People, ticket holders. Yeah. yeah so you know, we got. So I think we're gonna maybe start up around that area yeah. or something. And will you guys get together and rehearse or do anything? Yeah, like we'll just go. We're, we're gonna we're gonna rehearse, you know, before these things in August. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's so it's it's so bizarre, but um, it's nice to nice to. Know. It's nice to see people back going back to going back to work and living their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got an interesting uh, thing that has come up recently, and I don't know. I, I haven't really read anything negative which is really wonderful because uh as you know online stuff and social media is just like this open platform for people to just spew shit just just, you know yeah hiding behind hiding behind it but i what i've seen is people say hey man like give this guy you know give this guy a chance he's he's great whatever so knowing that there probably was i don't want to I don't want to interject anything negative to this, but I want to. I want to bring up this this thing. This is great, and, and I don't know him really well, and I, and I think having him on the podcast would be a lot of fun. Uh, just so I need to. I might even edit this because I, I I know I'm kind of butcher his last name, Bobby uh, Jerzombek. Bobby. Jer- oh yeah, yeah, Bobby Jerzombek. Yep. B- Bobby yep. Jerzombek. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Fate's warning, Sebastian Bach. Yeah, just he's got, awesome. I love him. He's so cool too, man. He's a cool dude. He just got the gig with George Strait. Oh, right on, man. And you know, my friends here in Nashville and and stuff, they're like, Bobby Jezornbeck got the gig with George Strait. I mean, that's like one of the biggest country stars, you know, like mainstay stars of the last forty years, mm-hmm. over sixty-five number one hits. 
maybe Alan Jackson would be the only other guy that that that's achieved something that close. But it's like, what he didn't he play with Fate's Warning and 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 you know all these other gigs. It's like so, and it's like, well, he he obviously is doing something. Yeah, it, there isn't like this huge difference if he's a great drummer and has good ears and can play and has great time and great feel and you know all these things then who cares right you know well that's again again he's probably i mean i know i've hung out with him so i know he's a cool dude to hang out with yeah so there you go and he's a slam drummer i mean i've seen him you know i've seen him play i saw him play with sebastian and some other play and some other people too. I think I never saw him with Fate's Warning, but he's fucking awesome, you yeah. know. So I mean, again, he plays the song just fine, I'm sure, and and he's cool. Is to he gonna play train with. beats with his feet? I mean, what's happening with that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't so. you know <laughs> 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 it might, maybe he's gonna do some metal, man. Yeah. Well, speak. So speaking of like metal and stuff, uh, can you like uh, are for somebody that's really like I need to know more. I kind of have my bands, but like. Is there a drummer that I'm missing I should check out? Is there a band that I'm missing that I should check out? Uh, you know, are there any, you know, drummers that are, you know, fans of what you do, fans of Black Label Society that, like, tell me more, to, you know, can you think of... Well, I end up, like, you know what, to be totally honest with you, a lot of the stuff I listen to now is, like, Humble Pie mm-hmm. and a lot of 70s stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm into the 70s, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm into the sounds. I'm into the players. I'm into there not being any editing then. And oh these God. guys were playing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Dude. I know. Albums like Picaro and those guys. Yeah. 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 Those, those direct to disc things that they were, they used to do when they like, they'd do like a whole like, double album. Mm-hmm. And they, if they, if they fucked up, like on the fourth song, they'd have to start all over again at the first song. So they, they would oh. be playing like the first song through the ninth song or whatever. Yeah. And if they messed up, they'd have to start all the way at the beginning again. Wow. I, I, I'm not familiar with that. Is there like an example of that? Is there an album you're referring to? that does? Um, yeah, there was one, I can't think of which one would, redirected disc but i'm not really sure what which mm-hmm. one he was talking about at the time but yeah there, there, there's actually there's actually him talking about it on on youtube oh man Dude. about how there was a guitar player in the session and he got the yips and every time they went he messed up once and then every time they get to the, like the fourth song and the guy, and he'd look over at the guy, the guitar player, and, he, and the guy just looked like he was gonna fuck up. You know what I mean? This was a Picaro and, session. Yeah, oh. and then yeah, bam, he did it again, and then again, and then again, and finally, finally, I guess he got up. Picaro got up and said something to him, yeah. and then sat down again, and then the guy was fine. <laughs> I don't know what he said to him, but I wish he would say that to me. I know. <laughs> It probably wasn't, uh, you know, a Buddy Rich type uh, diatribe or anything like that. It was probably something, uh, probably something that helped something, him out. Something that obviously yeah. helped him out. <laughs> Buddy Rich would tell him to kill himself or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, um, so th- these the different bands that we've we've discussed that you've been in. Uh, are are there other projects that 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 were really great that you want to 
like talk about, bring up, or it was was a good experience? We talked about you, in this moment you were in for seven years. Uh, James Durbin, the, who was on American yeah, I Idol. Yeah, I did that, and that's how I met um, James Michael from Six AM, okay. the singer from Six AM, and then and then that's how I met Nikki. Okay, because um, James Michael had a studio in Nashville in his house. Oh, cool. And um, he did a bunch of songwriting too. He used to he did a. De- um, Desmond Child, he worked for oh, growing cool. up. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So he's 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 written a ton of shit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. he was working on the Durban record that we were going to be recording. Mm. So um, that's how I met. It was funny because we were there. We were in Nashville recording a bunch of songs that never got used because James Durban ended up going with a different producer at the last minute. But so I met. We all were there hanging out. I love James Michael, you know what I mean? And he was all like, I would love to have you, you know, play on a 6 a.m. album. And I was like, dude, totally. I want to do it, you know? <laughs> and then while I was there is when I got a call from Blasco, who is, he's uh, the uh, bass player for Ozzy Osbourne. He was also in this moment's manager. He's like responsible for us getting off and okay, like cool. film, yeah. you know, because he found us on MySpace. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man. <sighs> god that guy so so what was i saying i just <laughs> so you were working with J- james durbin and, and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's right. we've been talking about so much stuff for james a minute Michael, I was like, hey, no i'm yeah, with so, you dude. so he had called me while i was there working on those songs and he was like hey do you want to fill in for black label i was like yeah you know so then like two days after like that we had just finished recording all the stuff that we needed to record and then i flew from nashville to newfoundland Whoa! To to do that to do that fill in for Chad, and was this a last minute thing where you're learning? Yeah. Okay, I think yeah. I heard this on the the Red River podcast you did. Oh yeah. And you were just like you you had you were just like cramming, and then you get there and they're they're like, uh, oh by the way, we don't do it like the record. Yeah, JD JD's like, I hope you didn't listen to the album versions. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yo, we don't play those songs like that at all. I was like, ah. Oh! Did you write, were you writing charts or were you? Yeah, I did. I wrote a bunch. I had to because I just had so much shit to remember. Uh huh. So um, really basic stuff though. Like, like not like all notationed out or anything like that. Maybe a little bit on fills or something like Mm -hmm. that. I would just do a little parentheses and what, what, what that was. But yeah, I needed, I needed some, some like cliff notes of, of like, oh yeah. Or, or similarities like, oh, this song reminds me of a Zeppelin song. So I'll put, I'll put blah 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 yeah to ma- remind me of like oh yeah that's what that's what it sounds like that's what it reminds me of yeah and when you, you grab, know, were you like, grabbing tempos off there and were were you responsible for the tempo yeah because there was no there was no click nothing okay. mm-hmm. and i had just played i just played yeah because all of that durbin stuff and then even in the in, not to be in the beginning but to, towards the end of the in this moment and they still do it to this day is was all like click based so okay. you heard you know lots of tracks and so it's different you know like yeah. like going back into a band that plays organically yeah so this is kind of- that, not like you said you are responsible for the tempo you can get relying on that fucking click track you know oh yeah and and this is a discussion that i've kind of opened up a can of worms uh you know for it's as as clicks playing using a click live in the last 20 years has become so much more standard across all genres. 
and oh, right. and and for a long time, it's just expected in a place like Nashville, and then with electronic music and a lot of pop music. Yeah. I mean, I know there are some people that play in different bands and different genres. Are like, what? Why are you using Click Live? So it's all over the map, and and you know, being able to know how to do it is cool, but but it's it's come full circle yeah. to the point where everyone's gotten so used to we have a generation of insanely great drummers that are oh my god have right grown up with it now no. i didn't grow up with it no me neither but now we have drummers that grew have grown up with it and so now we're coming full circle and it's like okay can you do it without the click uh, yeah you know, so that yeah, was black label. Did they say don't play to a click? Just get the reference and go, or, or yeah, well, yeah, they didn't, they didn't. They didn't play to a click, so I was like, all right, cool, I, I won't. You know, okay. So I just again just did did it like that, and then um, so you know what I would do though, I would I would go to the chorus in my head yes. before the songs before the songs started. I'd go to the, I'd sing the chorus in my head, and I would I'd get that tempo. So I didn't. So I knew you know because you can get to the chorus and be too fucking fast. Yeah, or yeah, you're yeah. too slow. You know, you're you're going off of the verse in your head, trying to remember the song or whatever. Yeah, I would go to the chorus. So you weren't even using like, you know, rhythm watch or anything like that. Just no, no just using memory and using, yeah. of course. And that's a great technique. I, I early on, one of my one of my professors at, 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 in college was like, yeah, like if you want tempo. Because again, you know, they weren't pulling out the metronome and saying, "Here's the tempo for this jazz tune." They're like, right, right. "Think of the chorus, think of the shout chorus, think of this. There's your tempo. Don't think yeah. of the intro, you know, because that's that could be deceiving." Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You could end up at the chorus too fast or too slow. Or... Yeah. Yeah, man. It, um. So that that first gig out there, I mean, how did that go? It was good, and I was shitting bricks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was just like, I had never played these songs, really, and I yeah. was just like, we were in a hockey arena. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? I was like, I hope these fucking berserkers don't beat the shit out of me when I fuck this whole gig up. <laughs> no, but it was, it was great, man. I was, like, so thankful because I was, like, it was one of the – that was probably one of the most nerve-wracking experiences I've ever had. Uh-huh. I got to be honest in playing. And you're, you're in a different As, time zone, too. Yeah. Sleep and all that stuff. I mean, do you remember it was, it, Yeah, it was just, I remember. And then, yeah, it was a lot. It was, okay. I was like, I was listening and like tons of, because then I had to go back all the charts. I mean, like I had to go back and listen to YouTube videos and there were like a million. There were like uh. a million videos of songs. Finally, I had to call, I talked. Chad and I was like, dude, can you send me like some current like live videos? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a drum cam, but just so I can get like how you the live show of what you how you guys play this stuff. But I think what's interesting is um I had a, a buddy of mine fill in for me last weekend and the band leader's like, Can you call him and you know, get him whatever he needs and charts and all this stuff? And I and I had charts written out and everything. I was like, Oh yeah, 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 sure. You know, to share to Dropbox folder and so like I felt like okay, it's it's kind of my drum chair, but I want to make sure that that it's covered and this it's wonderful uh, drummer uh, um, David Northrup, who you know just an insane drummer. But like I'm on the phone with him for an hour, like we're going over things, going over notes and everything like that. But this situation that you're in, they're like, hey, can you fill in? Okay, see you there. Like 
maybe they gave you a set list, but that was it. Yeah, they gave me a set list. Okay, but you, otherwise you were they were they didn't even think to tell you that don't listen to the album. Like it was your responsibility to do the homework and find everything out that you needed to find out. Pretty much, man. Wow. Yeah. And and you, I mean, because you could take that one of two ways. You could be like, "Yeah, well, I'm okay. I'm gonna, we're going to figure this out," which you did. Or yeah. you could be like, "You know what? Fuck this. If they want me to sub in, I'm here to bail their ass out. Then this is what I know. Unless you're going to yeah. tell me otherwise, I I can't roll like that because I'd be too nervous. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I need to like have my ducks in a row, at least some sort of idea of what's going on. Otherwise, I'd freak out well but more so I'm, I'm i'm thinking about like your attitude your work ethic and be like okay i'm gonna do this oh we, yeah 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 they, but yeah that, that's why i'm saying i'm just not wired that way i can't i can't just be like yeah you know whatever i, yes. I want to know you want to know and it and it paid off because this was a fill-in thing right that turned into a gig later later on yeah so it was like after i after i had filled in it had been about two years because i was i that that's when i got the gig with filter yeah. After I filled in for Black Label, and how I long came back? You... I played a little bit with Durbin, and then I played with Filter for like a year and a half. Okay, two years. No, it must have been two. Yeah, it was. It was a year and a half because I stayed with Durbin for another half a year. Then I got the Filter gig mm-hmm. for that for that year, and then then Chad had left Black Label, and I was in Filter, and they asked me if I wanted to come be in the band, and I was like, Hell yeah! Nice. So one last thing. Yeah. What if Zach's like, I'm done. Zach Wilde's like, I'm not touring anymore. Uh, I'm joining a monastery. I'm out. What do you do? Work Farm? on your Camaro? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do know. that, Jeff, forever. <laughs> Start farming it? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know what you do? I don't know, man. I guess I hopefully you were cool enough to other people that you worked with and you could give them a call and be like, hey, if you know of anybody... Looking for a drummer, mm-hmm. you know that's that's where being cool will come into play, right? Yeah. Where the people are like, "Oh man, he's easy to work with," or not saying me. I'm just saying like whoever we're talking about, like they're they're easy to work with. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. That's where all that comes into play, right there. So picking up the phone and and just just as straight ahead as you know, going through your rolodex and saying, "Hey, listen, I don't know if you, you so for example, like what I what I said before. I don't know if you heard, uh, but uh, you know, Zach's joined a monastery, and uh, and uh, you know, we had all these tour dates this year, and uh, so I'm free, just so you know. And then people are like, "Oh, okay, great. Now I know, yeah. dude. Yeah. And 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 when we were when we worked together five years ago, it was a blast. You're, yeah. Let's do it again. Let's, let's hang do out. it again. You're playing. You know, if I hear of anything, I don't know of anything off the top of my head, but that's. Yes. That's a simple, I, I did the same thing, or yeah. I did that. I had an, when I came off the road, and I just got to send out a ton of things, and and I, I I hope it turned into something, but I don't know. But that 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 can happen. No, I I would do that. Absolutely, I've done that. I've called and was like, hey, you know, if you know if anybody were looking for a drug, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I definitely. I I think that you know, I think that's important. And yeah. it's important to have to make good relationships. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it is, dude. It's everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like it really is. So when it, when those times come, you know, you have you have people that'll you know stand you know stand by you and be like, oh yeah. I always dude, say, 
it's like a family tree, man. You got one person that's going to bat for you, and then you meet another person, and then they go to bat, and you just yeah, you, know, you build that community around you that that is there for you. And then if if you're just busy and slammed, and you're doing one or two things that keeps you busy full time, and then that the bottom drops out for whatever reason. If that if you made a good enough impression, that community will will back you up. Totally, man. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Just be good, man. Just be a good dude. Be grateful for everything. Yeah. Or woman. Yeah, yeah. Well, be, um, so, be grateful. Be a lot of that is being grateful too for everything too, and not being yeah, you know never yeah. having to eat like like I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Just be just be grateful for what you have, you. where you are. You, man. <laughs> Well, man, you, you seem like a really cool guy. If I ever need a drummer for my all-drummer band, I'm calling you. Dude. <laughs> I play guitar, too. I'll come over and play oh, okay. guitar. Okay, there you go. There you go. So the rest of this year, you guys have uh, you got some dates uh, starting in August. Fly dates. Yes. So that's so so far we got that and maybe some tentative touring going on in October. And then so a record's coming out at some point as well. Oh, we okay. recorded a ton of songs, so okay, dude. That's come. That's be. That'll be coming out sometime around then after the after the summer. Oh, great, great, great. So, dude, when we come through there, I want you to come. Dude, call come me. Come to the show. We can maybe maybe we can do something. Dude, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. We I, could I, do something there. That'd be fun. Thanks to Chris DeGirolamo for connecting us, man. It's so nice to totally, meet you man. and chat with you and, and just discover more of the things that you're doing and broaden my world. So, man, Jeff, thank you so much, man. Oh, thank you for having me, man. It was so awesome. It was so awesome. Well, keep in touch, man. If there's anything else you need or if there's anything, um, just keep in touch with us. Let us know when you're in town, bro. Dude, I will, and it was so awesome. Thank you so much for having me on here. Hey, take it easy, man. All right, brother. We'll see you later. All right, bye. Bye. So there you go, my conversation with Jeff Fab. Thanks to Krista Girolamo from Two for the Show. He's been a super friend to the podcast and connecting us with people like Peter Erskine in the past. Uh, so it was uh, really great to be able to connect with someone like Jeff. Stay tuned next week. Our episode is a roundtable with Nick Ruffini. So that would be my co-host, Zach Albetta, myself, and Nick Ruffini. It is our annual catch-up time, uh, just uh, shooting the shit and talking about current events with and what's going on with each of us. And it was uh, a lot of fun, as it always is. So tune in next week for that. For now, everyone, stay safe, uh, be well. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.